0: friends. Welcome to the Radical Radiance podcast. I am your host, Rebecca George, and I am so thrilled to be with you today for day 12 of the 12 books of Christmas. Guys, this has been such a fun series to put together for you, and I think I saved the best for last. Guys, today we get to sit down with one of my heroes back from middle school and high school. I've read her books what feels like most of my life. We get to sit down with Karen Kingsbury. She has a new book coming out called Forgiving Paris that we talk all about. We get to talk about Christmas, all the things. I can't think of a better way to end this series. So listen in as you get to take part in a conversation I got to have with one of my childhood heroes. Let's welcome Karen Kingsbury to the show. Karen, I'm so thrilled to be with you. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. I've been looking forward to this. I know. Me too. I told you before we hit record, but I want my people to hear this as well. I texted my high school best friend, who I've not talked to in a very long time, two or three days ago, and I told her, I said, you will never guess who I get to talk to. And only you, apart from my mom, only you will understand how excited I am to sit down and chat with one of my favorite authors. And so it's just so fun to get to know you. I read your books all throughout my high school, probably late middle school through my high school years. That was when like the Baxter, you were pumping out the Baxter books, like left and right and so I, I just happened to be kind of in the right the right years for that and I loved that series and which is now went on to become they've done film with it which is just so cool so I we have so much to talk about <laughs> and I'm just so excited to get to know you but before we get into the book we have this episode releasing as a part of our 12 books of Christmas series which I'm it just feels so fitting to me to have you be a part of that, because I just feel like you have to love Christmas, and I love Christmas, so we Thank get to you. talk Christmas a few minutes. And I love starting out by asking, what did Christmas look like for you when you were growing up? Well, you know, my
1: dad and mom did not have a lot, and I think that actually makes it more special sometimes. Yeah. You know, my, my dad had, he worked three jobs. We had five kids eight years between us, so there were just always a lot going on, and my mom was very busy with the kids, but my uh, my dad was just a firm believer in the magical part of Christmas, mm. you know, and we weren't, we, I mean, we definitely had a faith, and we talked about Jesus. It was more of the, I think he focused more a little bit, like, on just the magical side of things, and so you'd wake up on Christmas morning, and there was all the, you know, whereas, you know, some people might just pretend about Santa. For us, it was like, you could hear the you know, reindeer's hooves on the yes. roof in the middle of the night sort of thing. But it was really sweet and precious, and my parents did everything they could to make it so magical. You know, the new bikes and new dolls and things like that. So it was it was really sweet. And we kept a lot of that for our kids when, yeah. uh, when they were growing up and just shifted a little bit, you know, because we were just we were raising them with just a stronger sense of let's really focus on the birth of Jesus. But it was, it was the magical part remains for sure. That's
0: still such a fun part. I can remember my mom and I making cookies for Santa so many years when I was young and she would have my dad um, write uh, like a note from Santa, but he couldn't do it like in his handwriting or it would be obvious. Right. And so he would try to like make up sort of this other handwriting cursive that was supposed to be Santa and then we would pour a glass of milk and he would leave like the empty glass of milk on the kitchen table and there were just so many like very purposeful things that he would do so it would seem like it was really Santa so I I get that and I love that and those are fun fun memories my dad was like that too. yeah yeah I love yeah,
1: that and my, and my son Tyler like our oldest son, he does that still. He'll be like, from the kids, you know, like they're all in their yeah. 20s, but like from the kids, like a little note and um, it's a sweet.
0: He'll he'll always include like a Bible verse. So it's just it's like such a sweet mix of the two. We yeah. just been fun. Yeah, I love that. So <laughs> I'm curious when you think about Christmas, is there something food-wise that you make around the holidays that you think, okay, Christmas would not be complete without this being on my dinner table? <laughs>
1: We, there are a couple of different things. One uh, would be the jello salad and it's so simple, but it's just okay. red and white. It's like strawberry jello and then a cream cheese layer. Yep. And then the bottom layer, feels like a crust, but it's made of pretzels and, you know, honey Ooh, and butter yeah. all smashed together. The kids love that. And then of course, Christmas cookies. And we do, my mom comes, you know, she's Canadian and there's more of a British flair, but it's the British tea cookies. I think they're called. Yeah. We, we always called them snowballs. You know, rolled in the confectioner yeah. sugar and all that. So I think it probably that's when they know it's Christmas time when we start
0: making those. I <laughs> love that. Speaking <laughs> of strawberry pretzels, that combination. I heard rumor that Jenny's ice cream. Are you a Jenny's ice cream fan? You know, what I'm talking oh, about.
1: Oh, my family, huge fans. We have one okay. near us. So okay, yeah, because <laughs> yeah, you're in
0: Nashville, right? Yes. Okay, yeah. Last time I went to Nashville, I stopped and got some. It's so good. But I heard rumor that. And I want to say it was like a Dolly Parton, like a, like a Dolly Parton flavor. And she had done a strawberry pretzel salad ice cream. Oh,
1: wow. I know. And I don't, I don't, I don't
0: live near a Jenny's. And so I was so sad, but I saw somebody post on their Instagram stories about it. And that just sounded like the most delightful thing of my life. So oh, I yeah. feel like we need to we'll find a salad. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. For sure. Well, I love that. I love that type of salad too. So I can see why that's. That's a staple. Um, I love talking Christmas, and I love I love that, But we are here to talk about your new book, which I'm so excited about. It's called Forgiving Paris. Karen, the cover's gorgeous. It's so beautiful. I'm so excited about it. And <laughs> i I, I want to talk through this a little bit. So what listeners may not know is, um in the storyline of Forgiving Paris is a very famous Baxter girl. Ashley, um which is so which is so fun and you say which I love that you don't have to have read the Baxter story to be able to read Forgiving Paris, which is great. So, I'm just curious, what's it been like for you to carry readers on such a long journey with this family?
1: Well, it's funny. I it just is like a real journey for me, yeah. too. And people will say to me, I'll go do an event and people will be in line and we'll be chatting one after another of these people who are so precious. And they'll be like, okay, well, what are they doing? Like, what are the Baxter's doing this week? And the crazy thing, Rebecca is, I know the answer. I can tell you, I can see
0: that
1: in my head and in my heart. So when it came time to telling the story of what actually happened to Ashley Baxter in Paris, it was like that story was already there. And Mm. I needed to get, I got away to a little little spot where I can get away to write and in like five or six days, really, the bulk of the story was just like, I just downloaded it from my heart on wow. the page.
0: Hey, just interrupting this conversation real quick to tell you about one of our sponsors, Butterfly Box. Butterfly Box is a monthly subscription box that supports and encourages you in your journey as a Christ follower. They make great gifts and or a treat for yourself each month. And just for the Radical Radiance community, Butterfly Box is offering a code RADICALRADIANCE20 all uppercase for a 20% discount on your first box by going to yourbutterflybox.com and entering the code Radiance 20 at check out I hope you enjoy that so much and let's get back to the conversation wow that's so cool I'm wondering okay I'm working on my first book so I'm a major amateur does that happen often for you do they download that quickly or was this a rare one If I give myself the time, then it's pretty quick.
1: So it's like, it depends. I've got a lot of other things going on and, you know, film, we have the You Were Seen movement running out of our house. We have signature events that we do. So there's a lot of other fun things going on. And if I don't carve away time, it could take me months and months to get to that same place. But if I just step aside, then, yeah, I would say,
0: you know, in a week, I can get a lot done in a week. Yeah that's awesome I which of course I'm not writing fiction I'm writing not fiction but I have found and this is a very full season of life for me but I have gotten a couple of times in the writing of this first manuscript to a place where, I'll just, I'll like sneak away and write like 500 words, you know, every couple of business days. And I, and so I feel like I'm not making that much progress. But then last week I went and visited my family up in Tennessee. And when I got back, I wrote, I think it was on maybe Tuesday of this week. And I cranked out like 2000 words, like it was nothing. And I think it was because I had been away from it for a couple of weeks. And I think my mind was just coming to it refreshed. So I know that that that's just part of it. I'm just figuring it out for me. I know everybody has their, their own process, but that's just so interesting to hear about. And, you know, when well, I tell you, Rebecca, I would
1: say I am still figuring it out. Too. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter how many you write because it's another season. And in that yeah. particular season, it's like, well, gosh, I used to just go into my bedroom and sit in that chair and everything just came. And then now I'm like, oh, I have to go away to this little studio and write. Or, or sometimes I fly somewhere. And that's been a little mm-hmm. while since I've done that because I've got kids and grandkids now and I'd rather be here close, but it don't feel bad if you're still figuring it out. That's normal. Yeah.
0: yeah. (laughs) Is there like a favorite place that you have to write that just feels like maybe really sacred to you?
1: Well, there is now. So I, I went ahead and and rented a space. So I have like a studio where I can go and write. And it's just really beautiful. There's no um, there's windows, there's no, tv or anything there it's just it feels set apart like yeah. sort of you know carved out of time even really yeah and i just meet the lord there and he gives me the story so that's um for the last couple of books i've been able to do that and it seems to really help like i can feel better about not i mean, like i might take i might be working on a lot of other things when i'm actually technically on deadline but yeah. if i can get there and just be there even for a week then i get a lot done
0: yeah i love that I love that. Well, as I was reading through just some of the promotional material for Forgiving Paris, you know, I'm noticing you cover some really serious ground in this story. Things like drug addiction and suicide. And I'm wondering what was it like for you and why maybe was it important to you to write fiction that that covers these things?
1: Well, you know, Rebecca, in in this current season of life that we are in, and and I'm not discouraged by it, because though there's so many things going on, so much to divide us, so many things to distract us and discourage us, but I believe truly that God chose us to be here for a time, such a time as this. This is our time. So it's our chance to shine, but it's also our chance to be honest with what is going on and to show that people are not alone. If they, you know, are in suburban America and they're married and they go to church and everything's, you know, they have their minivan, but they have somebody in their family who's struggling with heroin addiction. Yeah. That's not strange and unusual. And it's not a stigma. It's a real situation that needs help and hope. Mm. And uh, there's a minor character in Forgiving Paris who, her, you know, it really all stems, it kind of, this is all part of the flashback and the time going back for Ashley. Because what ha- it's something that Landon says. And he sets it up at the beginning where he says, I've been reading in the Bible in Mark chapter four. And there's a, there's a scene that we are familiar with Mm -hmm. in the gospels where Jesus is calming a storm. But in this particular account in Mark four, um, it talks about how there were other boats and some versions say other little boats on the sea that day. Mm -hmm. So as this, as the disciples were in their worst storm and as Jesus spoke peace and healing and calm over that storm, other little boats were affected as well. They were caught up in a storm mm. and they also received a calm storm because of what happened with the disciples. So I, you know, Landon brings that to Ashley and I love that part. And he says, when we go back, and she's really not even wanting to go back, but when we go back to Paris and Ashley's got this big art show and in theory it should be a happy time, but he reminds her, look for the little boats, mm. look for the things that God did that you weren't on, you were unaware of, but maybe this time around they will come to light. Yeah. And you'll see that even though you were going through your hardest time as you were coming out of that, the calm that God brought you, He was bringing something like that to someone else because of your storm. So it, it sets up this whole adventure where she's able to see these sorts of redemptive moments and people in the story from her past. And Mia, mm-hmm. a former heroin addict, is one of those.
0: Okay. Wow, that whole idea with the boats is just is just amazing. And I think back to the last year and a half, 18 months of our lives, and that feels so true of the last year and a half, doesn't it? Like I think God has made me more aware of what maybe previously felt insignificant or minor, um, just moments in our lives. like I, I can remember for the first time, walking in the grocery store in the middle of the pandemic and realizing like that same girl at the checkout counter, she checks me out every single time I come here and I, I don't know her name. I don't know if she knows the Lord. All I know is I spend time with her a couple of times a week when she's checking out my groceries and she's probably had a rough day helping people try to find toilet paper and (laughs) all the things that we were just trying to do to make Mm -hmm. it at that point. And And God used her to really make me aware of like, man, Rebecca, don't be so busy and so consumed with your life that you don't see me at work around you in even the smallest ways. And so I don't know. That's just really been on my heart in the last year or so. And I I can see how maybe God spoke that to you, especially after what we've been through over the last year and a half, because that feels really true.
1: Yeah. In fact, um, you know, even just before the pandemic hit, my husband and I had gone to a restaurant at O'Hare Airport in Chicago on tour, just doing you know your usual thing. Yeah. And this waiter, his name is Henry. And he was uh, an older man and an incredible waiter. He did a phenomenal job. But when he was off the floor, I could see him like just... You know, out of what he thought was out of any kind of eye shot. Mm -hmm. And yet I could see him in the weight of the world just settling on his shoulders. He was like something was wrong with Henry. Yeah. And I had no way. He had a busy table. I had a busy day. And there was no way in that single moment. Like When you look at it, all of my life, every step and turn and decision, everything led to that single moment. Same with Henry. All of his life, every job, every move, every it all led to this single moment where our lives intersected and I was not ready for henry i didn't have any way to tell him about jesus and so i came home and, and god just gave me this movement called you were seen and so uh, you can go to youwerseen.com to find out more about it yeah. but it's cards just like business cards and they say you were seen on them and then there's a 24 7 prayer line on the back and a qr code which takes you to youwerseen.com. we link with the billy graham evangelistic association okay and their plan for salvation, their help links. So in a single card, and and ideally what we're doing is being the most thankful people in the middle of this craziness and the most generous people. So with your big tip and with your kind words, I can just take this. I can, you know, maybe you're going to give a bigger tip than usual or give a tip to a cashier if it doesn't usually get one. Hey, get a cup of coffee on me. And just know Mm. you were seen by me today, Mm. but you are seen by God every day. And I'm telling you, Rebecca, it changes your life to be able to go around and know. Lord, give me the divine appointments. Intersect yeah. my life with somebody. I'm gonna like your cashier. Um, intersect my life with that person, and let me le- and let me pass along to them something that actually might lead them to salvation.
0: Mm, that's beautiful, Karen. And I, I'm wondering, you know, that we have people listening who maybe they had a moment like you had at that restaurant, and they feel a prompting from God to do something about it. Maybe they didn't feel ready for whatever it was. How would you want to encourage them as they are moving forward past a moment like that? Like how did how did God meet you in that moment where you decided, "Okay, next time I want to be ready and I'm going to be ready." So, how would you encourage them to take that step forward?
1: Well, you know, I think sometimes we are under the impression that only missionaries tell people about Jesus. Yeah. But really, actually, you know, His parting words in Matthew twenty-eight, He asked us, "Love God, love people, make disciples." Like it is all of our job to be looking for ways to share the love and truth and salvation of Jesus. Many people, you know, are, are feel feel unequipped. Like, how do I do this? How do I take that moment? We've with the "You Were Seen" movement. I feel like. We've made it easy. Yeah. There's no theology needed. Yeah. The single, it's not a trope, You know, it doesn't, it really invites you in. And I always say there's some great encouragement. So check out the website. Yeah. The website really affirms them. Yeah. Like you were seen because you're valuable and you're important. You matter. You were working hard at a time when not everybody's working hard. And so thank you so much. And not only that, but God sees you. And then it moves into, you know, do you do you know what's going to happen at the end of life? Like it's it's very conversationally written yeah. and feels like a coffee shop experience. Yeah, almost. Um, from the so anyway, I would suggest if anyone else is looking for that true God directed purpose and yeah. meaning in their life, go to youwereseen.com and pick up a pack of cards or visit Hobby Lobby. They're carrying them. That's amazing, so, Karen. That's amazing. So the CEO of Hobby Lobby, Steve Green, we went out and met with him. And I said, you know, there's nothing else like this. If there were, I wouldn't have. I'm I'm right. I don't don't do this. You know, this is my thing. But I love people and I know they need Jesus. And so you know ca- can you carry these cards and let people have a chance to have this experience and so they're carrying them at all their 950
0: hobby lobbies that is amazing i love that so much oh that's so cool thank you for sharing that that was totally off script and i love when that oh, happens so yes i love that our people get to know about that and you know we've talked about this a little bit but i love that you weave this into the book life is not always neat and tidy this season of our lives i don't think we, any of us would define it as neat and tidy and I want to hear, you know, why was it important that you wanted to write this story where just because maybe somebody knows and believes in God and would call themselves a believer, that doesn't mean our lives will be totally, you know, void of problems and, and things like that, um, and that things don't always just like work themselves out. Like, why why was it important that you, that you write about this from sort of, a gospel-centered perspective and a biblical perspective, even in like the hard stuff. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, definitely. You know, when you look at one of the one of the stories we see Jesus take part in, in Scripture, is the woman caught in adultery. Yeah. And she's, you know, thrown out into the middle of this dusty street, and Jesus is the only one who takes her side. I mean, he puts himself in harm's way because they all have rocks. They're yeah. ready to stone her, which is what they legally can do at the time. And Jesus— takes up her cause. And I I feel like, you know, you may not have had an affair with a married man the way Ashley did when she was 19. She made that terrible mistake, terrible decision. And she regrets it still. Yeah, But you maybe have a different Paris, right? So maybe your Paris is something you said that Mm. you wish you wouldn't have said and you feel like you can't go back and fix it or something you did different. But, you know, that you look back and think if I only hadn't said that, if I only hadn't done that, then my life would be different. Well, the Lord invites us into a place of not just forgiveness for what we did. Ashley has done that. Yeah. She's already gone to the Lord and she's already received forgiveness for what happened in Paris. What she hasn't done is forgiven herself. Mm. And in our cancel culture, our critical divided cancel culture times, we're terrified to make a mistake. Any mistake you might make, whether it's, you you might, if you say it on social media and you make a mistake, you're done. Yeah. You're canceled. And God is the God of grace and second chances. So it was really important, I felt, to bring this story, which has always been in my heart, um, but to bring it out now so that people can find, they may not find it on social media. I'm going to be pretty sure they won't find it there. They can find grace, forgiveness, and freedom in Jesus. And in doing so, they can forgive themselves. And it doesn't matter what anybody else says.
0: Yeah, that's so good. That's so good. I love that that comes through in the book. And you know, one of the things that when I think about some of my favorite fiction that I've ever read, and I would include you in that list, <laughs> okay. you know, a lot of times when you talk to authors, which we do right when we do things like podcasts, you find, you know, the message of this book, whether it was fiction or not nonfiction typically comes from a really deep place within us like I know the the book I'm working on it feels like the what I've heard people call like if I got hit by a bus and I never got to write another book this would be the book I would want to write because it feels so true to how maybe God's done a work in me I wonder how true does that feel for you in fiction like how much of Karen is within the stories of your books is that a fair question sure yeah I mean I think
1: Always a piece of my heart, for sure. I um I love Ashley. I've always loved her. So I didn't become a believer. I mean, I believed in God, but I didn't become a person with a relationship with Jesus, a saving relationship with Him, until um, I was in my mid twenties. Okay, and I wasn't like I would have considered myself a pretty good person before that. But knowing scripture, I mean, I was not in the pretty good category. I just was living my life in Los Angeles and writing for the. Los Angeles Times I was a sports writer and you know driving around in my little convertible Volkswagen my red Volkswagen and I just had my own rules mm. on what life should be like I you know as long as you loved somebody you could sleep with them or whatever whatever it would be sure just, you know you had I had a little like pretty good girl rules kind of thing um and I think when I came to Jesus it was the shocking realization of that I was no I wasn't good or good enough I needed Jesus, and that He so kindly, lovingly, like a father, took me in and, and and gave me full grace and forgiveness. And I think it's my heart's desire to share that with other people. Yeah, there are a lot of people. Maybe they're believers. Maybe they're not. Oh, I have a a huge percentage of my readers, more than fifty percent, pick up the book and don't claim to have any faith.
0: Really? Which
1: is that's uh, so cool. Yeah, so it's so cool, right? So I have a I mean I have a secular publisher and yeah. the books are sold in secular places, in airports and whatnot. So to know that I have the privilege to be able to share with someone else what I received, I think in forgiving Paris um, in this book, that that was a call of my heart. Whereas yeah. like my last book A Distant Shore was, hey, there's a problem with sex trafficking, with human trafficking. Yeah. And there are people who give their lives to fight that cause. And I, I wanted to shed a light on that. Yeah. So it wasn't anything I personally had gone through, but just an issue of our day that yeah. I wanted to shed a light on. Forgetting Paris is an issue of the heart. Mm-hmm. And we all have a Paris, something we need to really take before the Lord to find freedom.
0: Yeah, that's so good. I love that. I love that. So... Forgiving Paris will be out in the world by the time people listen to this so they can go grab a copy of it, which is so great. And we'll be giving away a copy of it in our giveaway for the 12 books of Christmas, which is so fun. So one of our people listening will win a copy. But apart from that, Karen, coming up in your life, in your work, what are you excited about that you can tell us about that you're looking forward to in the coming months the coming years? Yes, well, so many things, Rebecca. I tell
1: you, God is so good. Um, in the spring, I have a book coming out called The Baxters of all things. Like, after all this time and all these books, what it is, is a prequel.
0: <gasps> and
1: so, whereas, like, yes, right? I'm <laughs> yes, so I love
0: excited. It.
1: <laughs> That's amazing. So, The Baxters. Yeah. So, okay. Whereas we started and already kind of Carrie and Tim were having their struggles in the first book, Redemption. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's a kind of where we meet Carrie is in a time of crisis. But didn't she have some mourning before she ever even married Tim? So her season of getting married to Tim and. You know, Ashley kind of believing that Landon shouldn't be in her life. Like just the kind of what sets up all of that, that happens in the Baxter's. And that book comes out in the spring and it's already written. And I'm so excited about it.
0: Karen, that's amazing. I
1: (laughs) cannot wait. That's so cool. Super fun. And then I have a book called Just Once. And if you love the Baxter's again, you don't have to have read the Mm Baxter's. These are all perfect starting places. But yeah, I have a book coming out in the fall of 22 called Just Once. And it is the love story of Ervil and Hank. So it's a World War II love story. Ervil was one of the Alzheimer's patients that Ashley helped at Sunset Hills Adult Care Home when you were reading the early books about the Baxter. So you don't have to know that, but it's the story. It's, you know, it's my version of the notebook. I mean, yeah. it's Hank and Ervil and getting a diagnosis of Alzheimer's and deciding that they're going to take some video story pieces of their life when they first met and how their story played out during the time of World War II. So my first kind of um, really more of a historical piece, yeah. and that will be in the fall.
0: Oh, that's so fun. Oh, I can't wait, Karen. That's amazing. Well, this has been just A total delight for me I have looked up to you for so long I have been reading your work for so long I've just loved getting to know you I'm so excited about forgiving Paris being out in the world and I have my very own copy that I now feel like it's cool enough outside for me to enjoy like the evenings on our back porch reading fiction which I haven't done in a long time because in Mississippi it has been hot for six months so (laughs) I've been telling myself (laughs) that now I feel like I, that is one thing I really enjoy. And so I can't wait to read it. I'm so excited. And I just want to say a big thank you for your time today.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me. And I'm sure we'll have another talk because yeah. the Baxter's, we have three seasons of the Baxter's filmed and in the can and they should debut next year too. So
0: lots. Okay. Up. Well, we'll just, we will need to remind people of that. So we'll have another chat then.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Okay. Sounds good. You have a beautiful Christmas, Rebecca. Thank you so much.
0: I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Karen as much as I did. And I hope you'll go grab a copy of Forgiving Paris today. And don't forget that we're giving away a copy of all 12 books that we featured on the 12 books of Christmas tomorrow over on my Instagram. So if you haven't entered to win, hop on over to my Instagram at Rebecca George Author today. Go leave a bunch of comments on all the posts related to the 12 books of Christmas. And we'll announce the winner tomorrow guys I hope you have such a merry merry Christmas I hope you enjoy time with the ones that you love today and tomorrow and I can't wait to announce the winner of this series this has been so fun hasn't it so we will be back in a few days for a special New Year's Eve episode but I just want to thank you so much for being a part of this series and I will talk to you here in a few days Merry Christmas